whether you're on your treadmill, in the car, going for a walk or sitting at your computer, we really appreciate the follows. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you're not a fan of any of my shows, don't share it. <laughs> That's how we roll. But today we have a great guest. Our guest today is a professional motivational speaker, a success coach, author of Your Number One Goal. And he is the founder of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network on Facebook. And his sole purpose is to make the world around him a better place. He's a family man. He loves hiking, laughing, and playing his guitar and helping his clients succeed. And most importantly, he's a good friend of mine and mentor. Welcome, Jake Valentine. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Greg. Wonderful to be good. here. Thank you. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. And just before we start out, so you listeners, if you don't know, I got into the whole speaking thing. I lost my job the first month of the pandemic, and I started reaching out on Facebook and LinkedIn, and I started following Jake. He's a wonderful coach. He's helped me immensely, and if it probably wasn't for us meeting, this podcast wouldn't even be happening, but I really appreciate all you've done for me and everybody else, so thank you for being on the podcast. I'm honored. Ah, thank you so much, Greg. Yeah. I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, no, I just, I really want to let our listeners know, obviously, it's all about how to work happy, how to see the positive, and you're always, when you coach and when you give the webinars and stuff, it's always about how do we do positive, how do we reach the top of the mountain, so if you can just let our listeners know how this all started, I know the story, but it would be great to hear it in your words, when did you start becoming a speaker, what did you do before, and where is, where are you going in the future? So that's always an interesting question because I always go, I don't know where to start this story. <laughs> because if I go, where was I before I was a coach? Before I was a coach, I was a full-time speaker. Then where was I before that? So there's like a distance between where do I start the story? Yeah. But I'll tell you this. My story started here. Since this is the Work Happy Podcast, my story started um, from being a college student with a lot of anxiety about work. I had a lot of anxiety about work and I thought, I don't want to go and be one of those guys just clocking in their whole life and absolutely miserable. I don't want to do that. And I knew I had big dreams, but I, I just thought that's all they were is just dreams that it's not something that you can go do. You just have these dreams and something shifted, something changed in me as I was coming towards the tail end of college where I just went, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let these just be dreams. I'm going to actually go for it. And so I had this idea. I thought, what if I, first of all, I thought what I want to do is I want to be a, I want to be a musician. And I was playing music in bars and clubs and in any kind of venue I could and hotel lounges and that kind of thing. And I actually turned music into my job. It was my job as I was going through college. I, I didn't, I was working at this call center, Hayden life, absolutely Hayden <laughs> life. And I went, okay, wait a second. Could I replace my $10 an hour, 20, 20 hours a week, 20 hours a week, $10 an hour. Can I replace that playing music? Can I do that? And then I started realizing, I was like, actually, I could replace that in one night playing music. Because what they would typically do, like most of these venues, it'd be a four-hour set. They'd pay you between $100 and $200 just to come, depending on 
the venue. So 100 on the low end, 200 on the high end. And then you would collect tips and then also have CD sales, merchandise sales, that kind of thing. And I started learning business based on doing this because I would go and do that. And I realized if I did things right and set it up right, I would end up doubling. If I was paid a hundred bucks, I would end up making $200. If I was paid 200, I'd end up making $300. And I went, okay. So if I get one gig a week, there's no point for me to do this stupid, this stupid call center job. There's no point whatsoever. Even though some would say, well, you could do both. I'm like, yeah, but I could also gouge my eye out with a spoon and I don't want to do that. So if I can make my same income on one night, I know I'm not rich. I know $300 a week is not wealthy or anything like that, but I had that realization at that moment. I went, okay, I, I did it. I'm doing it. I'm doing this professionally, even though professional musician might've meant something very different to other people, but I went, I'm going and I'm using my guitar and my voice and I'm actually making money doing this. And then I started realizing like literally everything that I used in, especially in speaking, everything I used to get speaking engagements, I learned doing this game, but doing the game where I went, okay, so if I could do one a week, could I do two a week? What would that look like if I did two a week? And so I was like, how could I do this? I found, I had already found a couple places that would pay me because I went, I don't want just tips. I want to be paid. And then I want to get tips and sales on top of that. So where can I find those places? So I couldn't find any of them just on my own because you can't just search places that pay their musicians. Like that's not something I could find on Google. But what I could find was the ones that I had already found. They had a calendar of other musicians. And then with those that calendar, they now had not just the calendar of other musicians, but I could see who the other musicians are who are being paid here. And I could go to their websites and see everywhere else they were playing, they were playing at. It didn't mean that all of them were paid, but what it did mean is that these people who are being paid here are also valuing playing there. So it's worth the phone call. And so yeah. I start making those phone calls and then found that they most of them were paid. Then I did the same thing with the next place, same thing with the next place. I did the same thing with speaking later on where I'd go find an event, see all their past speakers, go to their social media, go to their web. Now it's more social media. At the time, it was all websites and websites. You'd have their calendar on it. So then I'd go and see, okay, well, past gigs. I went here. That means they had a budget. I know what their budget is because this speaker spoke there. So I did this with music and then all of a sudden like a couple months later i went from doing this 100 i went from doing this 20 hours a week 10 dollar an hour job to now doing on average 4 gigs a week that would be paying me anywhere between 200 and 300 dollars a night so now i'm like i'm not just doing what i was i'm doing more than four times what i was doing before and once that happened, I went, I'm never going to be what I refer to as a civilian. We have yeah. us as entrepreneurs and then we have the civilians in the world. I'm never going to be a civilian again. I'm always going to be the entrepreneur. Now, music isn't something that I stuck with. I did it for, I did that game that I was telling you about there for about three or four yeah. years until I broke into the speaking world, uh, speaking in the youth market. And that took me all over the country and was just a great thing. And then that evolved into coaching and doing my own seminars and doing all that kind of stuff. But the real entrepreneurial spirit started with that ridiculous call center that I was in that I'd be on the phone with people 
it was a survey place and you get bonuses for getting more surveys. You know what I found? I found that you could get more surveys closed if you had a conversation with someone. Hey, how are you doing? How's your day been? All this kind of stuff. And then I got in trouble for it because they said, you're going off script. You can't go off script. And I'm like, dude, I'm getting more surveys than anyone else. And they said, that would, that we can't do that because it would sway the survey. So I'm like, okay, you're asking me to be a robot. This is awful. Everything about this is terrible. So that was the origin. I went, I can't live that way. I can't live that way doing something I hate. I got to go create something. Yeah, and I would imagine that's why you have anxiety. Working at a call center, it's just crazy. And I totally resonate with your story where you were doing something that you love, but you were getting 100, 200 bucks a night. Because when I started doing stand-up comedy, I remember the first gig, I had about five minutes and a guy asked me, he goes, hey, I need someone to open 20 minutes. It's 150 bucks. We drove three hours. And I lied to him and he said, yeah, I've got 20 minutes. <laughs> but so it was, by the time he got home, it had been six hours and I was up $150 and I was like, oh man, I made it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's that much money, but at the same time, you got to put it in juxtaposition. I was used yeah. to working for $10 an hour and now at minimum, even if I got no tips whatsoever and it was on the lower end, now I'm being paid $25 an hour to do something yeah. I actually would do for free and had been yeah. doing for free for years. Because it's not like I just started playing music at the time. I've been playing music for 10 years by that point. And yeah. it was just doing these. And it's interesting. I found that when I did shows with a band and I put on shows and I had a bunch of people come and it was more glamorous, I didn't make any money doing that. Yeah. But I realized that if I, I shifted my thinking and went, wait, where are there places where people want to be entertained and the business owner wants to entertain their guests is and it's it's not like i was a metal singer or something like i didn't have a metal band like i i did music that fit in really well when i say bars i'm not talking about we're not talking about like dingy bars we're talking about the kind of places that have a wine bar the kind of places that are a little more elegant and upscale and i'm yeah. in the corner with an acoustic guitar playing like i do a, like you, you look at Dave Matthews, Jack Johnson, Ben Harper, those kind of a things. And I play that kind of music also classics throughout the years and kind of stuff, but that's like the genre of music is so acoustic guitar voice. It's really nice. And people like, like having it. And I realized there's people who want to pay for this. And I did this multiple regions in the country. I even put on tours doing it where it was like, I want to get to that place because I want to play at this cool show that's actually going yeah. to have audience at it. But in order to pay for it, I'm going to play at this. I'm going to do this one and then that one. And I'd go up and down the West Coast. And it was something where I just went, okay, I can do this. Like it doesn't need to be something. And honestly, I've never gone back. I've never gone back to doing that since I started the whole speaking thing. Yeah. I often think about it when I see people having, they're in a position where they're like, I need a second job. I'm going to go drive yeah. Uber or I'm going to go get a second job. I'm going to go do this thing or do that thing. Different kind of night jobs. And I go, you know, like I'm in a different place financially now with my career. And I'm very grateful for that. 
But I always had in the back of my mind, if I ever got into a position where I was like, oh, I need a second job to be able to bring in some income. I'm like, how cool is it that I have this skill that I could use in any place in in the country, probably world, but any place in the country. And I know how to find those opportunities. And within a month, I could go and do that. It's just a cool thing to realize that, that that's there. And I think everyone should develop some kind of skill that they could in terms of, okay, let's talk about job security. And I've been talking for a while. I'm going to get back to you, but, but let's talk about job security. And I think that job security is a big part of working happy. And I don't mean Let's put it this way. Income security is a big part of working happy because if I feel like my only option is working for this person, my threshold for dealing with stuff I shouldn't have to deal with, is actually a lot higher. I can deal with a lot if I feel like they're my only option. But if I have other skills to do other things, even if I'm not going to do those other things, if I have other skills and opportunities to do other things... It makes it so I'm not going to stand for nearly as much because I can walk and I, I don't need it. I don't need this. Sure, there might be a gap of time that I need to cross or whatever, but I don't need to deal with this. So I think that professional skills are really important, even if it's some kind of service. Maybe you're good with your hands. Maybe you can. I got one friend who he runs a business. It's an online business in multiple times. He's had a little bit of a bind where he goes, okay, I need a little bit more money. And by the way, everyone gets into that from time to time. And when you hear people talking about how successful they are, remember, you're only seeing the highlights. So when you get into a downtime, don't feel like there's something wrong with you. Everyone goes through it. So this friend has the ability to do concrete and he's great at it. And he can get jobs doing concrete anytime because he knows how to do it. He can rent all the equipment. I can go and he's brilliant. At doing concrete, it's not something he wants to do all the time, but it's like if he's in a bind, he can go and do that. So if you have some kind of skill, I don't know. I just think it's a valuable thing to have to be able to to be able to walk if you're not being treated well. Yeah, no, and it's so important. And I've learned it later in life, fortunately or unfortunately, but when you do what you love. A, the money will follow. And there's just so much more purpose. Since I started speaking and coaching and training with this work happy thing, first time in my life, I haven't worked for money and I haven't worried about money, Mm. right? Because serving other people is so rewarding. And whether people will pay my rate or if somebody is in need and they are really struggling and they don't have the budget that I normally work for, I'm happy to do that because. I'm helping other people work happy. And every time I talk, Jake, and you know this as well too, people will come up to you and say, thank you so much for sharing. And it's, it's so rewarding. Um, you were singing and playing, enjoying it. You loved what you did. But was there a moment in time where you, or how did you get into the speaking to the youth? And then how did you transition from youth to, to coaching? So there was a time where I stopped loving it. There was a time when I stopped loving it. And I think that for me, that's been the story of my life is when I stop loving something, I move on. I don't stay with something. If I don't, if I don't continue loving um, the business that I'm in, I'm not staying in it. No way. And so I'd built what I wanted to build, but 
I just got tired of entertaining drunk people. Really what it came <laughs> down to. Is I got tired of that being, I started thinking about it. I was like, I'm just a glorified bartender is all I really am. I'm not tending bar, yeah. but what am I really doing? I am only here. Like the money that they are paying me is only for one purpose, that they are making more money on alcohol than they yeah. would have made if I wasn't there because people stay longer and buy more drinks. And then consequently, the more drinks they buy, also the more tips I get, which is a whole different story. But I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I thought that this was a means to an end. Yeah. I thought that this was a period of time to get to where I really wanted to be, but I wasn't experiencing what I wanted. I wasn't having the growth that I wanted. And my passions changed. Everyone needs to remember that your passions will change. Sometimes you'll have a a dream or a goal and you're going to go for it. And you're going to think that what you're going to get is exactly what in your head right now. But maybe that dream or goal is there to get you to take action on something that will eventually lead you down a completely different path. And for me, I knew that if I was going to succeed in that world with music, I needed to learn business skills and I needed to learn um I needed to learn personal development because I needed grit. I needed to be able to face rejection. So in an attempt to learn how to face rejection, I started looking up different kinds of speakers. And I'd heard about this guy named Tony Robbins. I'd heard about him. I started looking up some of his stuff and I got into his programs and his audio programs and that kind of thing, because I was trying to learn how to overcome objection. I heard this great story. I would listen to it almost daily about Sylvester Stallone. Tony Robbins tells a story about Sylvester Stallone, about him. Have you heard this story, Greg? Yeah, it's a great one. Fantastic story. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Just look up look up on YouTube. Tony Robbins tells Sylvester Stallone's story, but essentially it was all the rejection he faced to get Rocky out. And it was so much rejection. Like it was over and over again. And so I'd listen to that. Then I'd listen to, I'd get some of his more advanced programs and, and purchase some of his programs. And then from there, I was like, okay, I heard about this guy, Stephen Covey and seven habits of highly effective people. So I'm going to read that and get into that. And then I started thinking, okay, I saw this movie, the secret that I thought was totally bogus the first time, but then <laughs> I started applying the stuff in it. And I was like, wow, cool. Like when I have that attitude and do the effort and do the work combined with it, like things really happen. And how cool is that? And with there, I found all these different speakers, coaches and authors from Bob Proctor to Jack Canfield and started getting into all this stuff. And as I was getting more and more excited about that, my passion started to shift from music to this personal development and wanted to share the things that I had learned. At the time, I really didn't know that much about the speaking world or the coaching world. I didn't even know it really existed. I'm still in college at this point. I didn't know it was a thing. So what I started thinking is what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to, I actually, I took a break from college as I was doing, because the music stuff started doing four of these a night or four, not a night, four of these a week. (laughs) I went, I don't know if I can do school right now. And I'm going to go into this thing. And so I took a couple of years off and was just doing music every, all day, every day. And did the four gigs at night, the four gigs a week at night. But then I was doing things during the day, doing recordings, doing rehearsals. And I was really all into it. 
I did that for a couple of years, but then when I went, okay, I want my passions has shifted. I decided I was going to go back to college to finish my degree. And when I finished my degree, I was going to go and get a master's in counseling was going to be my next thing. And that I was going to go and be a counselor because that's what I was thinking I would do. But as I was doing that, I learned about this thing that schools paid speakers to come in and, and talk. And I had no clue that was even a thing that they paid speakers to come in and speak. I just thought that the speakers that I saw when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I just thought they were like, I don't know, a friend of the principals or something. I, I had no, it didn't even cross my mind. It was um, a career. See, it wasn't on the, like in the career day when like you see no. the options of what to, it wasn't on the <laughs> options list. So I didn't know it was a thing. So I learned that that was a thing. And I went, wait a second, I can use music. I can talk about personal development. I can help teenagers. Cause that's what I was going to do was go and be a counselor for teenagers. And I can use my skill of communication, which I've always had and done well. And all these business skills I've learned from doing music, I can carry over and use these. I was like, perfect. It's like a combination of everything. And I dove right in and I had, I've joined a couple of different programs of different, uh, the skills of, of the business side of it. I got a lot of recognition really quickly for moving very fast because I built this thing very quickly and I was full-time in it within just a couple months. And I had to be really clear with people because they were like, how did you do this so quick? How did you, how were you able to do this? And I had to tell them a couple things. Like the first thing is I'm not new in business. I just got paid a lot less. So I've been doing this. The booking game, I understand that. Like some of the other things that I learned in that that speaking or the music world was I interviewed like 30 different bar, restaurant, lounge owners and asked them what they wanted and liked in entertainment. Yeah. And what they said was the exact copy that I put onto my webpage about who I was as a musician. I also talked about what they like and I highlighted that in a video that I created. And so then when I would send them to this webpage that was just for them, where most musicians are sending them to a page that's for fans or yeah. potential fans or whatever. I didn't send them to a page that was for fans. I sent them to a page that was for them. And I, I made a headline that was specifically what they talked about. The copy was specifically what they were looking for. So when I get into the speaking world, I just did the same thing. I just did yeah. the exact same thing. And so I moved really quick, but it wasn't because I wasn't starting at zero. I was starting so much higher because I had done it before. But fast forward seven years later, I had been speaking for full time for seven years and seen the entire country many times over again. I had my son was on his way and, and I knew that I just, I wanted to shift things and my passions had grown in more in the direction of personal development and business development. And I had just grown in that way. And that's where my passion was. And it was less about helping teenagers and less about music and less about those things and more about realizing that we're all just big kids and we all have things that we can give and that we can grow and that we could do. And it wow. just grew from there. And then I had a similar shift where I went into, I'm going to start working with adults and I'm going to start working 
as a coach and doing my own seminars and doing all that kind of thing. But every single thing that I did was a step above the next and a step above the next. I took everything that I learned from the neck from that last part and went over into the next section. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And also too, your priorities probably changed from when you're playing in a bar and you're like, okay, I got to get out of the call center to where now I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm making more money. And then your priorities changed to, I want to help people. So you went to school and got into that. And then you're like, I'm starting a family. I don't know if I want to be on the road 250 days a year. So again, they Correct. switch. And now you train people and your seminars are amazing. Tell us a little bit more about who you help and uh, how people can find you. Yeah, cool. So really, when it comes down to it, I'm in the dream making world. And what that means is most people today, they want three things. They want impact, they want income, and they want freedom. And there is a way for you to build your own economy. You can build your own economy through this magical thing called the internet. This is a magical box. I don't know if you knew this or not, but this is this magical box where we can communicate with anyone anywhere in the world. It can show us videos. I can actually ask it any question I have. And it tells me what, I mean, I obviously I'm making a joke, but if you would have told us what this magical phone does 20 years yeah. ago, this would be great. This would be magic. This would be magic exactly, what this right? thing does. My phone knows me better than I do. It, it honestly <laughs> would be magic. Think about how excited we were when yeah. there was a thing you could get on your phone that told you what song was being played. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. You get a ringtone of a song. Blew your mind. <laughs> yeah, or you can get a ringtone of a song. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Even though it sounds like it's being played through a potato, it still <laughs> is so cool. So we live in a world where there's infinite opportunities. And if somebody is looking for impact, income, and freedom, they can get it through the internet and through yeah. these tools, through social media. People go, oh, I'm tired of social media. Social media is the best gift we've ever been given because anyone can make their full-time living on your own, making a difference, making a living, and being free because you do not have to answer to anyone. And so what I help people do is to create that kind of life that they want. Now, I call that a mountaintop life because that's yeah. the vision. That's where they're going. They want that impact, income, and freedom. But we don't just do business training. It's not just about business. It's about creating that holistic life. Like I said, of those three things, we call that the trifecta of business success. And that's impact, income, and freedom. Yeah, absolutely. You do a wonderful job. And like I said at the beginning, that's how we connected. And you've been a mentor and you've gone above and beyond. And you probably do this for most people. But if I had a silly question, what I thought was, or you might think was a silly question to me, it mattered. And you would take the time and on, on your webinars, your seminars, you were always kind and always giving. And I've learned from you that when we serve, we get so much more back, whether it's how we feel about ourselves, our passion, what we're doing and the money, like you said, you can build a business and just like I'm doing now, right? Like I have more time to spend with my family. I'm not worried about what Johnny or Susie's doing at work. I do what I want to do. I love to help people. And it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And that that right there is the thing. I used to think there was a while where 
I honestly started to have some little bit of entrepreneurial dissatisfaction with the business coaching. Cause I was kind of going, what am I really doing here? Am I really doing something that makes a difference? And I went, wait a second, I'm giving people the opportunity to own their life. You think about that. We spend the majority of our time at work and most people are doing it. They hate what they're doing. They don't like the people they're doing it for. And they're not making the kind of incomes that they want to make. And they have zero freedom whatsoever. And they don't feel like they're making a difference. And I'm creating an opportunity for people to where they can actually make a difference, feel like what they do matters. Secondly, make an income that they want to make because they can, it's not that complicated. I know that to a lot of people, it feels complicated, but it isn't like literally anybody who wants to make an income using this device can do it. It's not that complicated. You can do it. And then it also brings that freedom that we all really want. We don't want to have to be working with people that we don't want to work for. We want to be able to take, I couldn't imagine being in a position where I have to ask permission for a day off. Hey, it's my cousin's wedding. Please, can I have the day off? I couldn't do it. And I'm not trying to put anyone down, but I just, I'm, sometimes people go, oh, I really admire that you've been able to, you've had the courage to do this. I admire anyone who's been able to do that. I couldn't, I could not do it. I couldn't stand it. And yeah. like, for me, it wasn't even an option. It was something I just, I had to find a way to make it on my own because working in the corporate system, I'm just not wired for it. And I couldn't yeah. do it. Good. Awesome. Well, Hey, as we wrap up two more quick questions, number one, whoever's listening and they like, man, I would love to learn how to do that. Where do they go to find you? And what's one piece of advice you've given us so much, so many gems here today, but what's one thing that a person can do to work happy that you've learned throughout your career? Cool. Number one, you can find me, go to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network on Facebook. We put tons of free content on there. So just search Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network for groups. You're going to find it there. Also, our official website for Mountaintop Motivation is mtmsuccess.com. You can get some more information there or just email me, jake at jakeballantine.com. All the socials, I'm on there. Love to connect with you. As far as last advice, it's always interesting. I try to do different things all the time because I'm on a lot of interviews. I was on one earlier today. Yeah. I was like, no, I'll say something different instead. This might sound simple or maybe, I don't know, maybe not that big of a deal. But when it comes down to it, the most important thing that we can do is learn how to find the balance between being content and being complacent. What I mean by that is, is it does not serve you to be miserable unless that is actually moving you to do something different. But if you're stuck in a situation, you have to realize that you're not stuck because you are forced to be stuck. You are choosing that this is better than the alternative of changing something. So if you're not going to change something, find how to have the most joy in that situation possible. And it's actually going to help you to change it. People think that if they don't let go of their pain and their misery and their frustration, then they'll allow themselves to get stuck and they'll become complacent. It's not true. If you can find joy wherever you are at, that is going to serve you to become better and better. I'll say this is that most achievers 
the reason why they are held on to stress that they really don't need to have is because they believe that their stress is fuel to achieve. And it is a lie. It is not true. Stress does not help you. Stress will help you like this. Like if there's a car coming to you and you feel the stress of that car is coming to me and I need to run, that's good. We need that. (laughs) That's good stress. Ongoing stress (laughs) about I got to get my emails out on time. You're going to break. A bow that is always tight eventually loses its strength. You got to calm down and realize that if you're choosing to be in a situation, you are choosing it because staying in it is better for you, at least that you have decided it outweighs leaving the opportunity, whatever it is. So instead of being miserable, if you've chosen to stay there, find a way to make it the best you possibly can while building a different opportunity instead of being miserable and trying to build an opportunity. Because the misery, the problem is the stress, the misery, the just frustration, there's nothing more tiring than that. And if you're working all day and you're miserable, you're not going to have any more energy later on in the day to get more stuff done. You need to be light and calm so that you can have that energy. That's my thought. Perfect, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for dropping by. Again, thank you for your friendship, your mentorship. And again, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Jake Ballantyne in the group. So. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you so much, Greg. Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in again next time. And thanks for listening to the Work Happy Podcast.